Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Pastor's Cut podcast, where I just learned earlier um, that today is Brad's birthday. So happy birthday, Brad. Um, Thank you very much. Of course, for everybody um, that's listening, today is August 9th, so you may have missed it, but Brad, you'll accept like late happy birthdays and treats and gifts and all that, right? Yeah, forms of checks, mostly. (laughs) Right. So are you doing anything special this evening for your birthday? Um, actually, yeah, we're going to go over and hear a concert in Fayetteville. Oh, awesome. Which, which my son, uh, our son, Joe is, um, involved in and go to dinner and dinner and a show, as they say. Well, that sounds great. That sounds like the perfect Brad evening. Yeah, I think so. If only there was fishing involved. Oh, that would be even better. Maybe <laughs> I'll have fish for dinner. Nice. Well, today we'll be discussing the penultimate scriptures of Darren's Good and Angry series that we've been discussing in our community groups, and this is going to be our scripture for August 21st. And when I say we, I guess that's the royal we again, because you'll notice that I'm alone in the booth on this side of the glass as Dave and Darren are both in Texas this week. So it's just you and me and Brad and about an eighth of the banter and only about a third of the insight. So we'll be looking at two passages together today, Ephesians 4 and Acts chapter 15. One passage is written by Paul and gives this beautiful look at what it means to put our own emotions aside and to live in peace with the body of Christ. And the other passage is a narrative of Paul's life as he works to live by his own teachings that we find in Ephesians to varying degrees of success. And you'll find that it's a very do as I say and not as I do situation. We'll start with Paul's words from Ephesians 4, and I'll go ahead and read those, but I'll jump from verses 25 through 27 to 29 through 32, just to be concise. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Do not let any unwholesome talk Come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. And for the sake of time, I'll let you read through Acts 15 in your own study. But when you do, you'll find at the beginning of Acts 15, a disagreement between Paul and the Church of Antioch's leaders. The resolution of this disagreement follows the guidance of Ephesians 4, note for note. Paul's words were measured and compassionate, and the church was built up stronger and was able to preach the gospel more effectively because of his leadership in the matter. But then just a few short verses later in Acts 15, verses 36 through 41, we see Paul and Barnabas give themselves over to anger and completely forget all the wisdom that Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus. 
Paul and Barnabas had been bonded by their work for the gospel. They had experienced hardship and witnessed the awesome wonders of God's movement through the Roman world, and yet their friendship was destroyed and their ministry threatened by what seems like such a small disagreement in comparison to the great things that they had accomplished together for God. God gives us great wisdom through great people, but great people are just that. They are people. Paul is a person just like us. And I think sometimes when we read all the great things that he wrote in the, in the New Testament, when we read all the epistles, sometimes we're tempted to treat Paul as if he walked this earth in some kind of sinless state, as if he was somehow, if not equal to Jesus, of course, well, ab- you know, above us common Christians on this imaginary divinity scale. But Paul isn't sinless. He makes mistakes and he makes missteps, and he knows that better than we do. Many people also read Paul as overly arrogant or self-righteous, as if he saw himself closer to God than the rest of us, even if he wasn't, but that's an equally unfair reading of him. He was a man who constantly beat himself up for his past and his current failings and was so fervent about teaching about God's abundant grace and the liberation he felt through Christ's forgiveness because he constantly had to remind himself of that grace and freedom. All Christians are just people on the same trajectory, the same path towards Christ and his righteousness. We may be on different points on our journey, some more mature than other people, but as long as we're on this side of heaven, none of us have arrived there yet. Paul and Barnabas, despite their special gifting and the authority that God gave them in church history, are no different. Because we're human, we're going to stray off the path now and again. We're going to make ill-advised detours. We're going to stop and get distracted by inconsequential things that keep us from making progress towards our end goal. That's why Paul didn't say, follow me in 1 Corinthians 11.1. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. We're all on that same journey, and thank God that means that we all have companions in it. This isn't a solitary journey, but we have fellow brothers and sisters in Christ throughout history who have been on this path longer than we've been who can give us their earned wisdom and warn us of the places on the trail where they tripped and stumbled themselves. When Paul tells us in Ephesians 4 not to sleep on our anger and to speak with kindness and compassion, his wisdom isn't bestowed upon us from on high. Paul speaks to us from the ground, from the place on the path where he stumbled, warning us to avoid the spot that took him out. His wisdom is no less inspired because it was given by a fallen man. As Ananias says in Acts 22, 14, this fallen man was chosen by God to know his will and to see the righteous one and to hear the words from his mouth. To see a disagreement so well handled in the first half of Acts 15 shows the striving of the apostles towards the kingdom of God and what can be accomplished when they put aside their prejudices and their assumptions and their anger to live in harmony as one body, as Christ instructed. The disastrous handling of the disagreement in verse 37 shows us that striving towards Christ-likeness is not a constant trajectory, and that despite our highest callings and greatest intentions to become new creatures who put aside our old selves, we are still broken, and we cannot live in true harmony apart from Christ. In verse 39 of Acts 15, Luke describes what happened between Barnabas and Paul as a sharp disagreement. And this was no small quarrel. The Greek word that Luke uses is paroxysm, an incitement, a sudden outburst. We use this word to describe a coughing fit or a laughing fit, 
a sudden seizure or convulsion, something unexpectedly violent and impossible to control through your own force of will. And this is such an accurate way to describe the feeling you have when you erupt with anger with little provocation. It's as if the dispute between Paul and Barnabas was almost like a chemical reaction that caused an explosion. It took the two men by surprise with its power, and they were seemingly unable to roll it back even if they wanted to. And then, of course, I think about poor John Mark (laughs) at the center of it all, not knowing what's going on. Interestingly, paroxysm is the same word used by the author of Hebrews in chapter 10, verse 4, when they write, Let us consider how we may spur one another towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, but encouraging one another all the more. The word translated as spur in the NIV is paroxysm. The author is calling on us to consider how we can incite each other towards love, how we can provoke a reaction that leads to an explosion of uncontrollable good deeds. The Christian ideal is that we not give up on each other and keep encouraging each other in a way that seems shocking and sudden to the world around us. This was Barnabas's gifting. He lived these verses so well that the apostles nicknamed him son of encouragement. And even he, incited to anger, did the exact opposite of his nature. These two friends, Paul and Barnabas, spurred each other not towards love, but towards a rage that caused them to give up meeting together. While I hope that you don't experience this kind of anger often, I believe it's a universal experience. We've all reacted rashly towards the people we love most in moments of vulnerability. Maybe at the end of a long trying day or in the middle of a less than fun family road trip, for whatever reason, the smallest infraction or tone or a certain annoying look in a person's eyes provokes a disproportionate response in us. I think all parents have also experienced a time when we've dealt harshly with our kids out of impatience and frustration in a way that's unfair to the child. It takes them by surprise, and we see the stunned hurt in their face, and we're equally as stunned by what's come out of our mouths. As a parent, their reaction rightly softens our hearts, and we apologize, and we comfort. But when the person we irrationally lash out at against meets our anger with anger of their own— The tension escalates. Maybe internally we are surprised by our harshness. Maybe we know it's irrational and maybe we're even ashamed, but it's incredibly difficult in that moment to apologize and de-escalate the situation. And many marriages and relationships have fallen apart in much the same way as that of Paul and Barnabas. Two broken people are left wondering what even incited the explosion. We're all susceptible to anger. Even between Paul, this great apostle who had a unique understanding of God's revelation, and Barnabas, the son of encouragement, these men who knew so much about how we're supposed to be treated each other as less than they knew they each deserved as co-laborers in Christ. We will make mistakes. The wisest among us, the teachers, the leaders, the theologians, and the pastors, they're not wolves or false teachers when they make mistakes. They're good men and women who are doing their best to follow Christ, and still they make mistakes. They'll overreact, will let their own emotions and ambitions sometimes get in the way of what's best for each other and for the gospel. But that shouldn't be a discouragement, but hope in our solidarity. Barnabas and Paul messed up, and so will we, because we all need Christ. None of us can do this on our own. If you struggle with occasional bouts of anger or any other sin, as you walk the path of faith, there's not something intrinsically wrong with with you or with me, that isn't wrong with all of humanity. 
There's not something within you that's unforgivable or uniquely broken. Sin is not yours alone to bear. We all make mistakes. We all fall short. Romans 3.24 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. So I encourage you to take time in your community group to talk directly to those who feel they struggle with anger, specifically those who are holding on to guilt or despair because of that anger. Take time to pray over each other the grace and the hope of Christ's abundant forgiveness. Because anger is an intrinsic part of the human story. From Cain and Abel when we started this series up till today, but Christ has come to rescue us from anger. Through the example of Christ and the encouragement of the fellow and companions that we have on this path, we can make things right with those we've hurt. There's hope that when the time is right, just like with Paul and Barnabas, that those relationships can be repaired. Paul did ask Barnabas to travel with him again, and Barnabas was there, Barnabas rather, was there and open to joining him. It's never too late to ask for forgiveness, and it's never too late to offer it. Like Paul and Barnabas, maybe our anger has caused the dissolution of relationships, and maybe we'll never be able to repair them. But if you look at the end of Acts 15, verses 39 and 40, new partnerships were established between Paul and Silas and Mark and Barnabas. Through a dark situation, because both men continued to listen to God's leading, the gospel was taken to Cyprus and new life was breathed into the churches of Syria. Even in the ashes of broken relationships, new and beautiful and God-breathed things can rise up. We can continue to be valued and vital members of the community in Christ's name. So hopefully next week, the boys will decide to return to Oklahoma and we'll be reunited as one body. But until then, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and grant you peace both now and forever. Amen. 